Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. We are continuing our message series today, our Christmas message series titled Songs Born from Joy, Christ Has Entered the World. And I'm so excited you're here today because I believe that once this series is said and done, it is going to be a very joyful, a very hopeful and encouraging message series. I believe if you are here for each week of it or even one week of it, that you will find yourself encouraged as a result of these messages. Here's what we're doing in this series. We're looking at about four of the most popular Christmas carols or Christmas hymns. We're learning just a little bit about their history, just a tad bit. And then we're taking a key phrase from the carol or the hymn, and we're tying them to Scripture and learning how relevant these songs are to our lives, even in the year 2020. Uh, Last week, we kicked off the series talking about the song, O Holy Night. Today, in week two of the series, we want to look at the song, O Come, All Ye Faithful, Joyful and Triumphant. Now, let me give you just a little bit of history about this song. This song was originally written in Latin, and it was written by a hymnist, an 18th century hymnist by the name of John Francis Wade. It wasn't until 1841 that this hymn or this Christmas carol was translated into English by a guy named Frederick Oakley. And so that's a little bit of history about this Christmas carol, this Christmas hymn. It is a song that has stood the test of time, and generations have sung this song at Christmas time to set their hearts on King Jesus. And so as we get ready now to move more into the content of the message, let me ask you a question this morning, okay? Lean in closely for this one. How many of you know someone that just loves Christmas? I mean, like, I don't mean just loves Christmas. I mean someone like they love Christmas. Like they are all about the Christmas holiday. Let me illustrate it a few different ways in case you're not trekking with me. These are the people that as soon as the kids get home from trick-or-treating, they are taking the Christmas decorations out of the attic. These are the people that they love Christmas that much. These are the people that their homes and their cars and their offices smell like Glade Winter Wonderland. (laughs) These are the people that they don't have one Christmas sweater for the Christmas sweater party. They have a Christmas sweater for every day of the season. These are the folks that they love Christmas time so much that they have Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas to You on repeat all the way from November 1 through New Year's. Do you know people like that? Of course you do. We all do. We know people that eat up the season of Christmas time that much. But then there are other folks. Then there are other folks. It's not so much that these other folks are Christmas Grinches. It's just that they have to work a little harder at it. It's that they have to work a little harder at getting in to the season and getting into the spirit. In fact, I would venture to say 
that there are a few folks here today that you're a little bit like me. For example, when I hear the song, O Come All Ye Faithful, it can feel a little daunting to me. Because when you sing the song even further along, it goes, it says, Come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. And if we're going to be real today, and if we're going to be transparent today, there are many of us in the room that a lot of times at Christmas time, we feel anything but faithful, joyful, and triumphant. In fact, there are some folks here today, instead of triumphant, you feel defeated. Instead of joyful, you feel joyless and depressed. There are some folks here today, instead of feeling faithful, you feel faithless and doubtful. We've all gone through a hard year. It's been tough. There's uncertainties. There's tension in our nation. There's the virus. It's hitting closer to home for many people. And when folks are now nearing the end of 2020, instead of feeling triumphant, they're feeling a little bit more defeated. Instead of feeling joyful, they're just a little down because the year has taken a toll on them. Instead of feeling full of faith, they're just maybe a tad bit doubtful. And asking questions like, God, if, if you're such a good God, why have you allowed so many things to take place in 2020, that we have seen on the news and in the world around us. But don't forget the line of this Christmas hymn, O come all. Don't forget that part, O come all, because there's the invitation to you and I to come to Jesus. O come all, and that's the reason that the season exists is that Jesus has come from heaven to earth, and he says to each and every one of us here today, O come all, which takes us to the good news of Jesus Christ this morning. You see, there are some sitting in here today, there are others sitting in other churches around our city this morning, and there are folks all around the world today, when they hear that, they go, who am I to come to Jesus? But let me tell you something, church. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. No matter who you are, Jesus invites all of us to come to him. And amen should have rang throughout the building this morning. No matter what's in your past, no matter what's in your present, no matter what might be in your future, Jesus always invites you to come to him. You may have drugs in your past. You may have an addiction to pornography today. You may have a marriage that is on the rocks. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what's causing you to feel defeated. I don't know what's making you feel joyless. I don't know what it might be for you. But what I do know is Jesus is a faithful and loving God. And he invites you to come to him today. Now. Let me, let me show you some scriptures this morning. Based on scripture, this is who Jesus invites to himself. Number one, he invites the weary and the burdened. He invites the weary and the burdened. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 with me. Jesus speaking here, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. 
rest. You need some rest today? I think we could all use some rest this Christmas season. I mean, it has been a grinder this year. And then we go into the Christmas season and we get sucked into the busyness of all of it. And listen, it's not that all the busyness is bad stuff. Most of it is good stuff, but what happens is our spiritual enemy, the devil, he wants us to be consumed with the good stuff of the Christmas season, and next thing you know, we missed out on the God stuff of the Christmas season. We missed out on the Jesus stuff of the Christmas season. Hasn't it been a wearisome year? It's been wearisome. People are weary of uncertainty. People are weary of politics. People are weary of mainstream media. They're weary of social distancing, weary of quarantine, of working from home, of not being able to see loved ones. A good pastor friend of mine I saw, he posted on Facebook recently. He said, I am weary of seeing empty stadium seats. He said, I am weary of hearing piped-in crowd noise during a football game. Folks are weary And of various things, aren't you thankful today that Jesus invites us weary folks to come to him? Second thing here is Jesus also invites the sinners. He invites the sinners. That's good news for you and I today. Look at this, Matthew chapter 9, verse 13. Jesus said here, and he was speaking to a religious group of people that thought they had it all together and thought that they were the ones that Jesus had come for. But Jesus corrects their thinking. And he says to them, I have come not to call the righteous, but to call sinners. Folks, I don't know about you, but I fit into that category. As Paul said, I often feel like I am the chief of sinners. And so I'm thankful today that Christ came for folks like me. I know many of you in this room today, I know things about you that other people don't know, and I'm thankful that he came for you. I'm thankful that he came for you because, listen, if he didn't, you and I, we're up a creek. He came for sinners, and guess what? Romans 3.23 says that all, don't, don't miss that part, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm thankful today that Christ did not come for the healthy, but he came for the folks that need a doctor. Because we all need a doctor. And praise the Lord today that Jesus Christ is the great physician. And you know what else I love about him? While he invites us in our weary state, while he invites us to himself in our burdened state, while he invites us to himself in our sinful state, he loves us too much to leave us there. Christ doesn't leave us there. What happens a lot of times is we think, well, I'm just the way that I am. You were the way that you are before Christ got a hold of you. But when Christ got a hold of you, he made you new. I want you to look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. So you may have grown up in a certain family. You may have certain traits. But I'm here to tell you today, you have been adopted into a spiritual family known as the kingdom of God, as his chosen race, as his royal priesthood. And he is at work in you and on you that you might reflect his son, 
Jesus Christ by the power of His Holy Spirit. So don't ever just say, well, I'm just the way that I am. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh. You serve and are saved by a very powerful God. And the great physician is going to work on you to help you grow up into spiritual maturity. So when the new has come, as we seek to follow Christ and grow in Christ, he works in us to become the people he's called us to be. Which takes me to my three final thoughts this morning. As Christ works in us, he helps us to become more faithful. See, many of us, like I said a minute ago, when we hear that song, Oh, come all you faithful, we may feel faithless. But the good news is, is we have a big God at work in us. And as he works in us, he is helping us to become faithful. Faithful children of God. Let me turn your attention to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The writer of Hebrews here says this. He says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. I love that. See, Jesus, not only does he found your faith, he perfects your faith. He doesn't just meet you where you are and then leave you there. He meets you where you are, and then by the power of his Holy Spirit, he takes you to the destination and the purposes that he has for you. And so once he supplies our faith, Then he goes to work through us, perfecting our faith. Let me use this illustration. We all know somebody, they got the most perfect Christmas decorations. You go into their house, and it's like Christmas vomited everywhere. But it looks good. I mean, it looks great. You walk in there, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And it takes you back to when you were a kid. And you're like, this is just incredible, and it just seems perfect. And you think to yourself, there's no way I could ever get my Christmas decor looking this good in my house. Listen, you know what Jesus does? He wants your faith to be so strong that he goes to work on perfecting it on a daily basis. And here's what's good for you and I today. He's patient. His patience never runs out. His mercies are new every morning. He is full of grace and he is full of love. And so on the days when we take two steps back, he meets us there. On the days when we say things we shouldn't say, he meets us there. In the moments when we do things we shouldn't do, he meets us there. He is a faithful God. The Bible says when we are faithless, he remains faithful. He's always at work in us and always at work on us. So how does he perfect our faith though? Look at what the Bible says in Romans 10:17. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. I often most Sundays encourage you church to meet with God daily in his word. Here's why. Because when you meet with God in his word, He increases your faith, and he perfects your faith. I mentioned last week that there are times in our lives on a daily basis where we have to recall God's word and preach it to ourselves. But you and I cannot recall God's word if we have not been in God's word. And so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word 
of Christ. This Christmas season, as we go throughout this message series, I've been encouraging our church to travel together through this devotional booklet, where each and every day we are looking at a Christmas carol or Christmas hymn and looking at how it relates to Scripture. Why are we doing this? We're doing this so that we can draw near to Jesus. And His Word promises us that when we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. And we have said from the get-go, our mission and our purpose as a church is to know God and to make Him known. If we don't know God, we can't make Him known to other people. And we know God deeper and deeper on a daily basis by meeting with Him in His Word. By the way, our elder team and I made a decision yesterday that from now on, we're giving these away. We're just giving these away. Made a decision that I don't ever want to hinder you from getting into the Word of God. I don't want you to have to choose between your $3 cup of coffee or your $3 devotional book. I know where some people's priorities are. I get it. Here's the way I see it. If I give you the Word for free and you get into the Word, the Holy Spirit will go to work on your priorities. All right? And one day you'll start to value this more than you do your $3 cup of coffee. Depending on the drink, depending on the drink, Lauren tried to order a tall eggnog something this past week. It's $5. She said, I ain't doing it. She walked away from it. Too much money. Too much money. We're trying to pay debt off, all right? Let me remind you of a passage in Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. These are the kind of verses we need to be able to recall to mind as a result of meeting with God and His Word. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. Why? For I am the Lord your God. When I hear words like that, if I feel faithless, I begin to feel faithful. My faith begins to be built up, and as a result of that, I begin to feel, which is our second point, more joyful. Begin to feel more joyful. Let me just point out a couple of verses to you. The Bible is full of verses that encourage us to be joyful. We are to be a people of joy. Unfortunately, though, a lot of times Christians don't look very joyful. Listen, in a year like 2020, I get it's hard. Life's difficult. But we ought to be the most joyful people walking around our town today. We ought to be spreading more joy than anybody else around us. The Bible says in Psalm 66, verse 1, Shout for joy to God all the earth. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Have you ever given much thought to what joy is? What is joy? Joy is not happiness. Joy is not happiness. We're going to talk about that more in just a moment. But joy is a state of being. It is a need that everyone seeks to fulfill. It is an emotion that we express. It is a gift that we give to others. In Galatians 5.22, joy is the second fruit of the Spirit that is listed. And as the Spirit of God is at work in our lives, we ought to be joyful 
people. Let me draw your attention to the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. Let me read these six verses to you. Follow along with me on the screens. The Bible tells us that in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. I would be too. I would be too if that happened all around me. I'd be filled with great fear. But look at what the angel said here. He says to them, hey, don't be scared. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of what? Great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When, when I read that, I think to myself, you know what? We have received good news of great joy. As a result of that, we should be a people that are constantly going before the Lord and saying, Lord, give me more joy. God, I want more joy. I want to know you more. I want to experience you more. I mentioned a moment ago that joy is not happiness. See, because happiness hinges on your happenings. But joy hinges on Jesus. And Jesus is always faithful. Jesus is always consistent. Jesus is always the Prince of Peace. He is always our wonderful counselor. He is always our almighty God. And the more you and I increase in growing to be like Christ, the more our joy increases president of the Southern Baptist Convention, Ronnie Floyd, he explains it this way. He says, joy is transitional, meaning that no matter where you are in your walk with Jesus, he's ready to give you more joy. Joy is transcending, meaning that no matter what your life circumstances may be, the joy of Jesus transcends. Joy transfers. Meaning, when we need more joy, God uses other people from the family of God to transfer joy into the accounts of our souls. And then at the appropriate time, we pay that joy forward into the souls and life of someone else. Joyful. Third thing I'll mention to you is, as we become more like Christ, we become more triumphant. We all have moments in life where we feel more triumphant than others, don't we? For example, when you graduate college, you feel very triumphant. You did it. You made it through the two years, the four years, the six years, however long it might be. You walk across that stage, you get that degree, you feel triumphant. But in six months, when those student loans kick in, you don't feel very triumphant anymore. You feel a little bit more defeated. When you come home with the newborn, you may feel a little bit triumphant. We did it. We got the baby. We got him or her home. And then at 3 a.m., you look at each other and you go, what in the world have we done? You no longer feel as triumphant. You have moments when you finally get an emergency fund built up into the account. 
and you finally have some margin in your budget and you're feeling triumphant financially and all of a sudden something goes out on the car. You know what me and Lauren have, we kind of have this joke in our family now. Anytime extra money comes in, we go, what's coming up? Like what's about to happen? What, what are we going to need it for? You know what, folks, as Christians, though, we're always triumphant. We're always triumphant. Whether the circumstances are favorable or unfavorable, we are triumphant. Because even during the trials and the adversity, James, the brother of Jesus, told us in James chapter 1, brothers and sisters in Christ, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because it's during the trials that Jesus is at work in you, perfecting your faith. We're also triumphant because God is always with us. It's who he is. Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. You know what Emmanuel means? Our God with us. Not our God far away. Not our God disconnected. Not our God disengaged. Not our God somewhere in the universe. Our God with us. Through the valley, our God with us. Up the side of the mountain, our God with us. On the mountaintop, our God with us. You want to feel a little bit more triumphant today? Let me leave you with this. Not only is he our God with us, lean in close here, he's our king of kings. He's our Lord of lords. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He is Lord of hosts. The Bible says he is ancient of days. Abba Father, God Most High, Everlasting God, Redeemer, our provider, our healer, our banner, our peace, our righteousness. Jesus is the commander of the Lord's army. In him alone are we triumphant. Listen, the Father has our back. The Spirit is at our side. And the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, is leading the way. Church, oh, come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. Why? Because the Savior has come. And the Savior has saved us. And the Savior has commissioned us to go out into the world and tell other people about his good news of great joy so that others may be baptized and be discipled and brought into the family of God and mature in their faith and in turn share more good news of great joy. I love that today. Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to, hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church.